welcome to the Retro Blood. Can you believe this? It's Christmas Eve, and we got orders to bring in Santa Claus. Cindy, if uh, you don't go back to bed, Santa won't come. He's not the only one. What you might get up to? All those kitties sitting on your knee all day? I'd love to have you sitting on my knee. 31 bucks. Merry fucking Christmas. See Santa Claus tonight, you better run for it. You better run for your life. Mommy, you shouldn't have said that. It's naughty to say bad things about old people. Santa Claus will punish you. Merry Christmas. My candy cane, little girl. It's gonna hurt our kids. We're not even sure it's him. Not sure my ass. Look at the fur on that suit. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood Holiday Editions. We are here celebrating the lovely holiday season by doing what the Retro Blood only knows how to do, and that's talk about 1980s horror movies surrounding Christmas. And up next, if you like a different version of Home Alone, if you like... Uh, some kid who's definitely going to be traumatized when he is uh, older. Um, if you like uh, a crazy Santa uh, uh, walking around, uh, getting shot and everything and not doing anything, then this is a review for you because the Retro Blood is talking all about 3615 Code Santa, aka Deadly Games, aka Dial Code Santa Claus, aka Game Over. How many titles does this movie have? And, aka Hide and Freak. Jay yeah, Austin. 13. Go ahead. Code also known as 3615 Code Pierre Noel. Yes. Yes, that one too. Yes. All right, we got to have this is major titles for this whole movie. Jay Austin, James Klein. What's happening, Allison? What's up, man? Um, this is. Um, surprisingly you picked this movie like this seems like something i would pick honestly yeah um except um i don't know if i like this or not i I can't decide i'm not really sure what's going on i kind of felt like i was high the whole time i was watching this to be honest with you yeah i mean it does kind of have that little feeling you know what i mean and i actually i kind of like this movie so i'm a big fan of home alone okay and this movie oh, yeah. had a lot of vibes that Home Alone has. Now they're not exactly the same. We'll get we'll get into that when we do the who booked this shit about the controversy. It's pretty close. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll get it's into it. It's remarkably all that. close. Yes, it's very very similar. Uh, but I liked it. I mean, you got like this kid. He's supposed to be some genius kid. He's trying to look like Rambo. You know what I mean? Out there, fucking booby trapping the house just to, so he can get a peek at Santa. Uh, we got some mom who's apparently lives in a castle. So 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 I so the mom runs her own retail store and that's enough money to pay for a castle. <laughs> yeah, some, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty amazing. Back in bro, 1989, yeah. your money went a lot further, I guess. Exactly. Yo, know, back in 1989, I guess if you're like a retail store owner, fuck, bro, you might as well just be the fucking <laughs> on the billionaires list. I mean, move over, Bill Gates. Who needs you? I mean, fuck it. A castle. Bro, this thing... Yeah, did you see the house? It almost looked like Dracula's yeah. castle. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> it's like, why do these people live here? Like, what yeah. is this? I don't, I don't even know what And it was just the three plot. of them. 
Right, just the three of them live into this gigantic mansion. It's not even a mansion; it's like a castle. Yeah, and like, and they had to like drive to go to the caretakers. So they're like, like the caretakers. I guess they were they were trying to deliver the presents to and stuff. Like they yeah. they had to drive a thousand miles for this. So, but we'll get all into it when we do the full review of of this movie. I actually, like I said, I like this movie. I thought it was actually pretty entertaining. There's a couple of slow spots in this, and you know. So, you know, we, we obviously we take notes when we do this. Like, it's not the easiest to take notes during a, a subtitle movie, but it is possible. No. Okay. It is possible. Yes. And and we I think I did the best I could. But usually I like to find all the like the funny lines and I might have missed a couple, but I, I think I got a pretty good amount on here. So, all so right. we'll talk all, all right. about that. So um up first I think we should talk about what we have been uh, uh, talking about every week now, which is the oh yeah, brother, Chris, yeah, the Christmas, Christmas beer, brother. Yeah, let me pop mine too. Right. Mine's in a bottle, so it's not going to be as uh, poppy as your can is. But uh, let's see if I can get this on the on the see if you can get on it. the retro blood. The official. It's also dark in this room, so I can't see a damn thing. Oh, I Did heard you get it. that? Yeah, we heard it. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a little silent fart. That's what it sounds like. That's what I say. It's not like I farted in the microphone. That's that's just great. <laughs> All right. So it is your turn to talk about yeah. the, the beer. But let me just say mine really really quick because I found this beer, and I think the listeners are gonna love it, and I think you might like it too, Allison. So check this out. So they have like this like like outdoor pack that Shiner released. Yes, I'm talking mm-hmm. about Shiner beer. All right. All right. So I'm going back to the Shiner beer. And they release like this, like outdoor pack. So it has like a s'mores with it, and it has an almond bill with it too. But this Ooh. is a very interesting style of beer. I never had anything like this before, and it tastes fantastic. So it is a, it's an ale, okay. So not exactly yeah. like a stout or nothing, but you know we're, we're close. So this is a trail mix inspired beer. All right. Okay. So it has like. You know, the chocolate, it has the raisins, it has a little bit of nuts, all mixed into one bill. So it's like a trail mix beer. Right. And it tastes fantastic. So I'm a big fan of trail mix, you know, uh, snacks. And this is like mm-hmm. perfect. It's like trail mix in a beer. It's perfect for you. Yeah, pretty much. It's like You could really taste the, uh, oh God, what's the part? Not, not, it's not the raisin, but it's the other part they put on the... Uh, on the trail mix, it kind of like that. Uh, it has like a uh, like a like a reddish um, candy flavor. Oh, I can't pick it pick it out right now. But basically, you can taste like the chocolates, the mm-hmm. peanuts. It's great. It's a great beer. So I never had this one from okay. Shiner before, but when I popped it open the first time, I was like, yeah, I definitely got to talk about this one because it's rare and it's fantastic. Uh, all right, so Christmas beer. So we're t- we're taking turns. Uh, talking about Christmas beers, even though apparently you talked about one this week too, but that's okay because we don't follow the rules around here. Um, so my Christmas beer for this week is um, Samuel Adams Old Fezziwig, hmm. and it's like a spicy winter warmer. Oh. Um, so it's hard to describe. I guess you would call it a bitter, but it's like a Christmas. It's a Christmas beer. Um, so it's, it's not sweet like, like a stout would be, but it's, it's like a, it's, it's got honey. It's kind of like a honey ish taste with like spices, like all spice and things like that. 
Uh, Fezziwig is named after a character in The Christmas Carol. It's named after the guy who, uh, it's been a while since I read the book, but I, I believe he's the guy who loved Christmas. And uh, um, they don't, I don't know if they make it all every year. This one's actually from last year. Um, I had it left over. Um, so it's kind of aged nice. for a year. So I'm having a, a, a nice aged old Fezziwig. But um, I'm not a huge fan of Samuel Adams beers mostly. I don't hate them, but they're just fine. Uh, but I do like their Christmas beers, like the Fezziwig, and there's another one that they make that I like a lot I can't think of right now. But that's what I'm enjoying tonight is old Fezziwig from Samuel Adams, and you should try it if you catch it in a year when they make it. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I would agree with you. I'm not the biggest fan of like the normal Samuel Adams, but they do have some good like holiday beers. Uh, my favorite from Samuel Adams is the uh, pumpkin spice beer that they do. Yeah, I mean, for pumpkin spice beers, I think that uh, – I think that their their pumpkin spice is pretty good. Yep, that's definitely definitely a good one there. <laughs> As I choke on my trail mix beer. <laughs> awesome, choking at trail mix. Do you beer. think our boy uh, Roland? You think he would like um, Sammy Adams? He seems like a Sammy Adams kind of guy. Sure, I think he would be uh, totally into beer at his age. Even. What a useless character this guy was. We'll get into him. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do jack nothing, and I like I like his uh, I like his name that our boy uh, Tommy gave to him. Your your cohort, <laughs> but we'll get into all that. So, like in every retro blood, let's talk about the history of what was going on in pro wrestling and metal music around this holiday classic. So this movie's a little weird. Uh, so yeah. well. so. <laughs> Well, besides like the plot, <laughs> okay, <laughs> was the, uh, the 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 release dates. So te- technically, the reason we're doing this film, because you know we only here at the Retro Blood, we like to keep everything, you know, you know, kayfabe, brother. We have to make everything yeah, in the eighties. Keep it kayfabe. All right. Right. So this movie did come out technically in the eighties. So if we were at the uh, the Lionel Film Festival of Youth and Children's Films. Which of course, me and Allison would been. be. Yeah, we might have been. Yeah, we might have been. You never know, with our beards and our leather jackets <laughs> and our studs and slayers everywhere. Yeah, we would have been at this children festival. We'd be like, "Hey, I heard you guys are playing like a horror movie. We're here, okay." And we had to be. We obviously we had to be in France as well. So we had to right, which obviously we would be. So right, because we would we and we would have said all that in French. Yeah, exactly. So if we were there, then we would be. Uh, we would be seeing this movie, but this movie. Technically, it didn't officially get released until January 17th, 1990. But technically, it did get released at this film festival, so we're counting it. Right. So all of our history is going to be around March of 1989. And yeah. so there's a couple things. First of all, we didn't plan for all three movies that we were going to be doing. <laughs> we're going to be all in 1989, okay? So right. this uh, 1989 must have been like some like the year of the Christmas movies because all the fucking <laughs> movies came out this year and they're all crazy, all right? Yeah, and everybody You're has right. trauma. It's pretty amazing that all these movies yeah. came out the same year. If you notice it, there's a theme too. Everyone has to have trauma, <laughs> okay? Yeah. So what what I found on the pro wrestling side, I'll go first. Is okay. we don't talk about this promotion too much, but I think we should because it is a, a pretty famous promotion. And there has been a lot of like history written about it. There's been a lot of documentaries written about it. They're actually making a movie here pretty soon with all the Von Erics. 
So that is going to oh, be yeah. the WCCW territory, World Class Championship Wrestling, out of my home state, Texas, brother, at the oh, yeah. famous Sportatorium, which is sadly no longer here. Sad. Um, but uh, definitely a big wrestling ground. You know, WCW is probably, I don't, it wasn't as big as the WWF or, you know, uh, Mid South, but it was right up there. I mean, they had a big following, not only in Texas and that region, but they also had it some overseas as well too. So they were they were yes. a big uh, uh, promotion. You know, they just don't get as has much love as uh, as uh, you know has the big the big two do. You know, right. I, I guess they they would be maybe like the ECW of their day. You know, maybe even a little bit bigger. As I they're probably a little bit bigger than that. I mean, they had a show in Japan. I think they had their people watch them in Japan. Yes. Um, but they also fed a lot of they fed a lot of wrestlers in an ECW like way. They fed a lot of wrestlers to WCW and WWF for sure. Yes. Dingo Warriors coming to mind. <laughs> yes, the Dingo Warrior and so, Sting. Yeah, and then uh, you Sting know, and, yeah. yeah, they came through there. Yeah, and then uh, you know, Dingo Warrior wasn't. Um, he was already at the Ultimate Warrior phase uh, during this time. Um, but yeah. this show is basically part of their weekly program. So this show actually happened a day right after. So we, we would, you know, basically me and Alice, we'd be in France. We had this children's festival. And then we'd fly all the way to Texas, <laughs> okay, to go see this show that was taped probably like two weeks before. Okay? Yes. That's what we would do. Or what we do is we just catch the TV on the flight back from France. There you go. I was going to say, maybe. Or maybe we're just watching it on satellite or whatever they had then. Yes. Um, so so this show was a, was a trip. We, we got to start watching some more of these because this show was pretty uh, pretty interesting. Okay. So we start off the okay. show with the, the, the announcer guy. All right. Mark uh, Lawrence. This guy was stumbling around everywhere. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. And you could tell, like, you know, nowadays they produce, they produce these guys, like, fucking every word, everything. This, they just sent this guy out there. It's like, hey, talk about this. And he just said everything on the fly. So yeah, Exactly. It's the way it used to be. Yeah. The, 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 the good way it used to be. Um, so he's just kind of going over some things that are happening. So, <laughs> so apparently Michael Hayes, uh, he's starting his world uh, uh, concert uh, series. Where oh, he's going around and, and every week he's gonna have a new song to play out of his band oh Bat Street USA. <laughs> well, sign me up, brother. Where did uh, I never knew about this? Okay, Michael Hayes up there strutting, fucking a solo album and everything. Oh, it was great. So we're, we're gonna there, there, and there was an incident that happened at his concert that we're talking about, uh, including Buddy Rogers, the Angel of Death, and Iceman Parkins. All right, and then so we f- we first started off about another incident that happened. There's always there's all these incidents that happen on this show, like they like all, all the time. So we have Chris Adams, you know, we all know who Chris Adams, you know, very good wrestler, Englishman, yep. known for the super yep. kick. Yeah, gentleman Chris Adams. Yes, and he was on uh, part of that uh, Tales from the Territory. I like the story of him where he he got apparently he was a drinker like us on the Retro Blood. And he got so drunk one time that he supposedly super kicked the uh, bartender. Wow. And the bartender uh, apparently sold it. So that was good. I'm sure he did. But that's a, uh, yeah. So that that doesn't surprise me. Like an 80s wrestler who was a drinker. That does not surprise me at all. 
So, so, so he's in a feud right now with one uh, Terry Taylor. Don't call me the Red Rooster, Terry, Terry Taylor. All right? Yeah. And apparently, they were saying that these guys were in a feud in a different promotion, and they brought that feud over here to World Ch- uh, Class Championship Wrestling, and Terry pretty much broke uh, Chris Adams' uh, finger in like three places. Mm. So Chris is all upset, you know, and I like this promo a little bit because I like those promos, and we, we see this a lot on AEW now, where... The promo like talks about like real life stuff, like saying like, "Hey, you know, you broke my finger. Like, I need to work, you know, and you were yeah. you were taking a, the the ability of me to work out of here to not make money for my family. So you by right. doing that made it personal, and I like that. I like that a lot. I was like, okay, we need more of that in wrestling. And I think I don't think WWF does that or WWE does that, that too much, but AEW kind of does that, where they kind of bring like yeah. real life issues and they they make it seem a little more like you know real personal issues. And yeah, I don't know if that would work in WWE today because they they um, betray their wrestlers, or excuse me, their superstars. They're not wrestlers; they're superstars. They portray their superstars as superstars, like they're all professional athletes, like they're all wealthy, and like it wouldn't, except for a few instances, it wouldn't really work if you're trying to like you know pass them off as this everyman. Which I think is one of the reasons they don't do as well as they did in the '90s, because you, it's hard. I think it's hard for their audience to pull for that. Because I mean, that's why Stone Cold Steve Austin got big. It wasn't because of anything he did or said, and it wasn't because of his wrestling ability. It was because he seemed like a guy who had a job and he was trying to, you know, make a living, and his boss was trying to screw him over in every way that he could. Yeah. And everybody that's ever had a job can relate to that. Exactly. And you can relate to some asshole coming in or trying to be all cocky, breaking your hand, and be like, yo, man, what the fuck? You know, you're yeah. trying to break my hand, trying to take this stuff away from my family, trying to take food away from my family. I'm going to come after you. So I really, right. I really this, like I really like those style promos. Yeah, it's basically the hard times promo, right? Like it was... Uh, yeah. It's like the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promo. So uh, Terry Taylor put hard times on uh, Chris Adams. Yes. He can't make money for his family. The kids are going hungry. So the next promo we get is another great promo by Michael P.S. Hayes. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> so we start off. Somebody just, messed up his concert. Yes. So basically, here's the gist of his whole promo. This is a long one. This is a long promo. So we see footage from his concert. All right. And there's some sort of like melee going on there. So we have some of the Von Erichs on there. Because, you know, Von Erichs and the Freebirds had that huge rival, rivalry. Um, oh, yeah. So we see like the, the, the concert's getting all messed up. And Buddy, Buddy Rogers is on there fighting Kevin on Von Erich and stuff. He's fighting. And he eventually takes the guitar, the electric guitar. <laughs> and he, he misses uh, one of the Von Erichs. It's either one of the Von Erichs or somebody else. And he smacks Michael Hayes in the head Uh-oh. with the guitar. And Michael Hayes yeah. is like, listen, guys. All right, the re- so so apparently in his promo, Michael Hayes is saying, like, listen, guys, I didn't. I told everybody I didn't come back here to wrestle. I didn't come back to W. I didn't come back to World Class Championship Wrestling to wrestle. Okay, no, I came <laughs> back here to do my concert series. Okay, <laughs> this is true. Classic. Okay, I was like, and he's like, listen, guys, look at look what we made. We made Bad Street, you know, Bad Street USA. And look at this other album we made. Look at that. 
I came here to do this. I had my one shot, my one opportunity to show all these record executives to sign me and stuff, and you guys ruined it. <laughs> so his plan was to go to a wrestling sportatorium, have a concert, yeah. have all these people look at him, and then get the fuck out of wrestling. Apparently, yes. So I was like, not okay. wrestle. So the reason, too, he, he's also saying, like, listen, guys, also, too, I fought Ric Flair for the world title, and the NWA, they screwed me over on that title. I should have won that belt. And I was like, what the fuck? What is he talking about? And I actually researched it. And they did yeah. have a Ric Flair versus Michael Hayes where he did get screwed out of the belt. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Wow, so he's telling the truth. Yeah, so he's telling the truth. And basically just saying, like, hey, you know, we once were a good pack and everything, me and the Buddy Rogers, but now he's now Michael Hayes is pissed and he's coming after that motherfucker. I was like, this is a great promo. I like it. I just couldn't believe with this whole, this whole statement. Listen, guys, I didn't come back here to wrestle <laughs> on this wrestling show. I came back here to play my music. All right. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't come back to wrestling to wrestle. Yes. So that was a great promo. All right, fantastic one. Um. So the next match we have is so like this show is like like it's it's a little bit how uh, Mid South show is. Um. You know, like a uh, world class. You know, W. You know, Crockett Promotions. It's kind of like how their mm-hmm. show is. It's like spliced, right. except for this is not studio wrestling. This is basically like they do like um, they do like house shows for the sportatorium, and then they what they do is they splice in a couple matches or middle of matches or the end of some matches, and then they'll have like one really long match that I'm going to talk about. So up next is the the Simpson brothers. Have you ever heard of the Simpson brothers, there, Allison? Absolutely not. Who is who? Are, who are, who is the Stimson brothers? So they're two young strapping l- young lads, okay, yeah. and they're fighting Jack Victory and yes. John T- John Tatum. Great team, okay. By Great the team. way, so <laughs> so let me okay okay. There's something I got to rant about a little bit here, okay? Okay. This place has a thousand belts. Okay. Check. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the? This is a tag team belt. Have you ever heard of the Wild West tag team titles? <laughs> That's incredible. No. Well, uh, brother, the Jack Victory hold the uh, yes. Wild West tag team. Yeah, that's yes. that's incredible. So this match was for the Wild West tag. Okay, so not only was Jack Victory and John Tatum, not only were they the Wild West tag team champions, they were also the Texas. Tag team champions. What the fuck is the difference between the Texas champions? I was about to say, those are completely different things, right? (laughs) Those are completely different things. Bro. And they can play. Okay, here in a second, I'm going to list off all of the WCCW championships, and you guys are going to be like, what the fuck? You think AEW has a bunch of belts? No. Okay, no. So the Simpson brothers, they. It is is remarkable. Some of these are like hysterical too when I read them off. Okay, just yeah, I'm, I'm giving. That's the main event. Okay, so yeah. uh, so the Simpson brothers they pick up the victory, they mm-hmm. beat Jack Victory and stuff, and then Jack Victory and John they do a promo at the end. They're all pissed off, and then Jack Bridge is like, "Yeah, you won those titles, but you never won these titles." <laughs> I was like, "Well, fuck." Okay, <laughs> those are titles that we also have. Yeah, and I liked it when he called everybody. Yeah, all you stupid Texas geeks. Bro, this Jack Victory guy is a great promo. He has like the weirdest facial expressions. It's like he's laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> Fucking weird. All right, so the next match we have was not good at all, but it was a, uh, it was it was something. 
So we have the probably the biggest star in the promotion at the time, Kerry Von Erich. This mm-hmm. guy was built. So something about Kerry, you know, we, uh, you know, if, if you guys, if you guys researched the Von Erichs and stuff, you you should know about the the tragic ends of a, a lot of the Von Erich kids, and especially Kerry yeah. himself, you know, committing suicide and stuff. You know, they're 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 even making a movie all about the Von Erichs, you know, stuff. They're so. You know, a lot's been said about him, but boy, this this Carrie Von Erich was. I'm surprised he didn't get as big as he was, because this guy was jacked, great look. You know, oh, not yeah. not the best wrestler ever, but a good wrestler. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But just the presence of him, just the look and everything. Like this guy, like I think he was better in the ring than uh, than Luger was, and he was just as big. So oh, absolutely, he was absolutely better than Luger. I mean, Luger is not known for his wrestling ability. Especially not during this time. Yeah, I just think he. I just think Carrie. You know, obviously he had those uh, all those issues. You know, throughout his life yeah. and stuff. And obviously oh, that motor- yeah. motorcycle accident with his foot and everything. You yeah. know, just a lot of stuff going on. But this guy, this guy just had so much. Like he, he just looked like a big star. You know what I mean? So he was facing. He was facing the the Latin heartthrob Al Perez, and they said okay. this is for the world heavyweight title. That's it. Okay. They, that's it. The world heavyweight champion. Okay, sure. well, there's a thousand fucking world heavyweight. Which, which <laughs> world? I had to do research to figure out which title they were talking about because they have so fucking many. Well, I, I, I was assuming it's just their world title. Right? No. It's not, I mean, it's not it's, the world title. It's the WCWA heavyweight champion. Chip. Okay. Right. So I guess it is a version of their title. Mm-hmm. All right. But, um, so... Let me list off some of the titles. Sure, let's do it. That this promotion has. Has a burp on on air. That's <laughs> sweet. Alright. <clears throat> if I may. So we have the WCWA World Heavyweight Championship, which is the one that's being defended in our next contest over right. here. Right. We have the WCCW Television Championship. Okay. Sure. Sure. We have the WC, WCWA World Tag Team Champion. Okay. Okay. We have the Fair WCWA enough. World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. Naturally. All right. We have the WCWA World Light Heavyweight Champion. We have the <laughs> yes, WCCW sure. Middle Eastern Champion. <laughs> All right. Hold hold on. <laughs> yes. Is this... is? Yeah. What? The Middle Eastern Is this champion? like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like the European title. I mean, it's... <laughs> is he like the? Is it? Is he's like the champion of the Middle East? He's like from yeah. Iraq or somewhere. No, it was last won like, by Mark, Mike Von Erich. <laughs> <laughs> he was the last Middle Eastern championship. Is the the middle the champion of the Middle Eastern part of Texas? Yes. Oh, you're gonna love this next one. You're gonna do like right when I led this next one, I was like, I'm about to pop everybody out there and Allison at the same time. We have the. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me, let me get it. Let me get it. We have the WCCW All Asian Tag Team Championship. <laughs> oh God! You you have to be making no, this up. No, we have the WCC so- All ta- All Asian Tag Team Champion, last held by David and Kerry Von Eric. Right? Who were obviously Asian. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, they're, they're Asian, uh, Texas-born Americans. Somehow that was going to be my uh, next question: Was did, did they have enough Asians to support this? Uh, well, they had the tag, they had the great Kabuki. 
well, okay, that's him, and and they had the great Muda not yeah. at the same time, but let's pretend they did. <laughs> so those guys could be a tag team, but who else is going to be in this uh, tag team run for the All Asian Tag Team Championship? Who knows, buddy? So they have a Middle Eastern uh, title and an Asian title. Yeah. Well, this was the the, the Asian Tag Team Championship. Oh, excuse me. Yes. yes. The, yeah, the Asian Tag Team Champions. All right. All right. Hold on. I'm not done yet. Yeah. Oh, you thought I was done? We're not done. Oh no. We're not. Done. We're still no, going. We're not done. We have the WCWA Texas Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. It's different than the World Heavyweight. This is for Texas, brother. Yeah, well, right. it's probably more important than the world heavyweight champion, but, um, but yeah, so he, so, the, so he's the heavyweight champion of Texas. Fair enough. All right, we're getting back yes. on track now. We have the WCW, WCWA Texas Tag Team Championship. All right, we have okay. the. No way. <laughs> we have the WCWA Brass Knuckles Championship. <laughs> I'm assuming fought under the uh, brass knuckles gimmick match. Well, I guess hopefully the last, the last, did, no, a bon, did the a last bon Eric hold that? Uh, no, well, well, well they, they probably did. I got to see the history, but the last known, okay. the last known uh, champion was Tony Atlas. Okay, all right, all right. Title history. All right, we got freaking. Uh, Surprise of no, none of the Von Eric. Oh, we had Fritz Von Eric run it. That was back in the fifties. So this this one had some yeah, lin- lineage to it. Dad. Yeah. All right. So we had a we had a pretty good uh, lineage to this belt. Uh, Killer Carl uh, won it. We had Superstar Billy Graham won it and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bugs Me McGraw. You know, that's a, the last known champion was uh, Tony Atlas, and he beat Abdullah the Butcher for it. Okay. So all right. That's a you know not 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 a bad. Lineage there. We have the NWA World Tag Team Champion, Texas version. Texas version. Yes. <laughs> of course, like I said before, we had the Wild West Tag Team Champions. Absolutely. And then we had the CWA Southern. Oh, no. CWA Southwestern Heavyweight Champion. So, yeah. Okay. So, throughout the whole history of WCCW, not counting the NWA World Heavyweight Champion being defended on the show, that's all the belts. And you guys think AEW has a lot of belts. My God. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. When they came out with, like, the All-Atlantic Championship, people, like, freaked out. Like, just imagine if they had, like, the All-Asian Tag Team Title Championship, which they could actually do because they have enough Japanese wrestlers to do that. Exactly. So, getting back to our contest between Kerry Von Erich and Al Perez, this match mm-hmm. was boring as shit. If you want to see two guys stalling, if you want to see two guys doing little moves at a time, if you want to see two guys hugging the mat, boy, this is the match for you, brother. If you're just there to look at big glistening muscles, you'll love this match because they both had good glistening muscles, but it was kind of boring until the end. Yeah, then it was okay. He threw him over the top rope, which is like a disqualification. Uh, oh, the ref yeah. didn't see it and stuff. Kerry came back in, beat his ass a little bit, and he won the belt, and everybody celebrated with him. So we had a random title switch on this show. So that's exciting. Nice. Uh, so then we cut to a uh, a cage match, a random cage match that's on the show. It's basically uh, uh, Buddy Rhodes, Iceman Perkins, and the Angel of Death. Uh, destroying some of the Von Erichs and the Simpson kids until Carrie Von Erich makes the save. Yes. 
Carrie Von Erich was the Superman of the of the uh, Von Erichs. Yes, pretty much was. Um, so this David, uh, have you ever heard of Angel of Death besides the Slayer song? No, I was going to ask you who that is. All right, so it's this guy named David Shelton. All right, so he his gimmicks. All right, at first he was the angel. Okay. And then I right, guess he went he to the dark. dark side and he became the angel of yeah. death. And apparently he was the original Black Scorpion. Hmm. He was also Russian assassin, number one. Yeah, and Jack Victory was number two, I think. Yes. And he was billed from parts unknown. Oh, of course. Of course. So. so then we get another Jack Victory promo. This is when he was really going at it. <laughs> Like crying and fucking laughing at the same time it was interesting. And then we had our main event. Carrie Von Erich versus Buddy Rhodes. Match is okay. They're just you know, Buddy Rhodes is a pretty good wrestler. Just be- beating his ass. And eventually Iceman comes out there to interfere. And this is when Michael Hayes comes out. And he basically there's a weird spot though in this match. Like so Michael Hayes comes out and he, he has uh, Buddy Rhodes like backed into the corner and he's not doing anything. And then we see Carrie beating over Iceman stuff or just just waiting and waiting and waiting. He doesn't do anything. And then eventually like it cuts to a scene where it's just like there's like a bunch of fucking like fans in the audience. Then it cuts back and then everybody just kind of just gets there's somebody that comes and interferes and then everybody just leaves. And then Carrie and, and Michael exchange gestures and leave. I was like, okay, very it was kind of it was like somebody missed their spot there. I think it was that. I think it was yeah. Uh, so yeah, one of the guys like missed their spot there. So yeah, like something was supposed to happen and didn't. So they're like, oh, okay, well let's just move on. Yeah, but you know, overall, this is a fun show. Maybe we'll talk about more some uh, WCCW because boy, some of the stuff was wild on the show, and I was just like so amazed of like it's like every fucking match or any, every other match was for some belt that you didn't know he's ever heard of. So, wow! Can you just imagine, like, you know, competing for those titles? Like, yes, like I want to d- to defend. I want to. I want to. Me and my partner, we're gonna. Me and James, we're gonna. We're gonna challenge for the tag team titles, the world tag team titles. No, no, no. Yeah. Texas tag team titles. No, yeah. no, no. We don't want the Wild West tag yes. team titles. The Wild That's West. We want. I've only come here to challenge for the Wild West tag team belts, brother. <laughs> All right, because I'm wild, and we're in the West, and we're in the West. So, all right, what do you got for us for some music? What do you got here, Allison? What are we listening to on our trip home from France? All right, well, so we just saw this movie on the 17th. And uh, so we had a really good just talk about wrestling, and we all laughed, and everything was great with that. And I'm going to bring us back down again. (laughs) So, um, are you familiar at all with the band Mother Love Bone, James? No, but I did listen to him while I was waiting for you. Oh, okay, so Mother Love Bone was like one of the original. You, you, some now they consider them one of the original Seattle grunge bands, but they were around before grunge was a thing, and they weren't even like the first really. But um, they came out of a band called Green River, which was definitely a grunge band before grunge was big. But Mother Love Bone was kind of hard to describe. Like it's it's. You can definitely tell that it has a hair metal influence to it, but you could tell that it's also something else too. Like it's, it was music that was evolving past 
hair metal. It was almost like 70s rock again, which is what one of the great things about grunge in general was that it sounded like 70s arena rock again. Like, you know, Soundgarden sounded kind of like Black Sabbath a little bit and, you know, Pearl Jam and things like that. But um, Mother Love Bone was a band that had a huge following in Seattle um, in the, you know, late 80s. And they had, a, they had a singer who's really famous now, but wasn't famous in his lifetime. His name is Andrew Wood. And everybody in Seattle and that whole scene talks about him like he's like a god. Like he's the most beautiful person that ever lived. And they talk about how much they loved him. The Allison Chains guys talk about how much they loved him. Chris Cornell loved him. Chris Cornell was his roommate for a while. And they were, they made this, they were working on this album um, all throughout late 88 into 89 and they were releasing an EP called shine, which was going to be released on Mercury records. So they'd signed to a major label and they were going to, they were going to be probably the first Seattle band to be, to come out on a major label. So they're going to release an album and they did then. And an album did end up coming out in July called Apple, but they were going to release an EP called shine, which had their, hit if you want to call it that they're one of their their big song that chloe dancer crown of thorns it's been in a lot of movies and things like that um that's on that ep um and the day before it came out march 19th which is like right around the time this movie came out was the day that andrew wood overdosed on heroin so he never he never got to see his album released or his ep released um and they made that one incredible album and then that was it and then you know he died you know the day before this came out it it came out on the 20th and he i think he died on the 19th um but it pretty much as you can imagine it pretty much devastated that band and they just you know the album came out but they kind of just fell apart after that in 89 and then two of the guys stone gossard and jeff ament um, for Pearl Jam the next year in 1990. Oh, wow. And then the rest is history. So those guys met um, Mike McCready, who was at a band called Shadow, which strangely um, is not, this, I don't think is the same band that was playing in New Year's Evil yeah. that was also called Shadow. Yeah. But they're, they are similar. And I was, because when we did that, I thought, is that, the, is that Mike McCready's band? But surely it couldn't have been like, you know, I don't think he was old enough. He would have been like an early teenager. Surely, surely that wasn't his band. But anyway, he um, he came from Banco Shadow and then they found Eddie Vedder in San Diego and had him come up. And then that's where Pearl Jam came from. So Pearl Jam came out of this Mother Love Bone band and um, Shine would be what I would be playing for you um, on the f- flight back from France. That's crazy. Huh? It's crazy to think like. Yeah. A band like that, which you know, I listen to them. They're decent, you know. Not, they're not horrible, but a band like that—it's would... not really your style. Yeah, but that would form into Pearl Jam. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So that band basically turned into Pearl Jam, and it was kind of cool because when I saw Temple of the Dog, which was Temple of the Dog, was basically a <clears throat> Chris Cornell side band that was like a tribute to Andrew Wood. And it came out in 1990. So the guys from Pearl Jam, so all the guys in Pearl Jam play on it. And then Chris Cornell sings. And Eddie Vedder sings on one of the songs. 
but um it was basically a tribute to andrew wood um say hello to heaven and reach down and songs like that that um that the temple of the dog were recording were like a tribute to andrew and then like a few years ago what was it 2018 16 can't remember what year it was um me and my buddy drove up to philly to see temple of the dog play a show and the only tour they ever did um and they played a lot of mother love bone songs that night which was kind of cool to see that is pretty cool can't beat that brother it's crazy it's crazy when you see like the bands like some certain bands beginnings and then what they can like, yes. form into like over time it's pretty uh it's pretty remarkable yeah. it is and and it's weird to think that pearl jam would never have existed if andrew wood hadn't killed himself we yeah. didn't kill himself but he overdosed on heroin if, if that never happened but pearl jam would never have existed it's wild well yeah that's some fun uh some fun history right there i love it i love it we're starting out. We're uh, we're continuing the holiday season. My favorite season, hot, with some oh, yeah. with some facts yeah. on everybody over there. I like it. <laughs> so speaking of facts, let's get into who booked this shit. Who booked this shit? So who booked this shit was a uh, director named Renee <laughs> Mentor, <laughs> and he, I don't I don't really know what he's known for. I was trying to look up his name and shit. Like he's pretty much known for this movie, but yeah. his big thing was he. After he made this movie, or when he saw Home Alone, the first one, the first Home Alone, with our boy uh, uh, Kevin McAllister mm-hmm. doing his thing, he was like, wait a minute, this is like my movie. <laughs> it's it's what almost to, exactly like his movie. What, ta- what happened to, they didn't give me no shout out, they didn't give me no nothing. What happened to my movie? Where's Thomas at? Where's he at with his fucking Rambo looking in his power glove? Where's he at? <laughs> they fucking stole my gimmick, brother. So he did. Uh, he did what any wrestler would do. He filed a cease and desist. Lawsuit. Hell yeah. <laughs> but of course, he didn't win. Right? <laughs> so, I, and actually, I was trying to look up, like, if he got anything out of it or if he got, like, any stuff legal. Nothing really happened. Like, he just... No, I don't think he did, yeah. Like, I, I've been reading... I've been trying to find some research if he's won anything or got anything out of it. And it's basically no. So, they, they must have just, like... Maybe it was, like, the, uh, the, the disconnect between America and France or something. But it just, like, nothing formed out of it. So... It's, I mean, everybody knows, like, if you watch this movie, like, you can tell that it has very, it's very similar to Home Alone. Now, I think this movie has a darker tone to it more than Home Alone did, a lot more, but it is, it has the same type of vibe where, you know, it had this, like, this kid, he's very clever, you know, we had this home uh, invader coming in here, like, he's scared, but he's also, like, brave at the same time. And he's also very smart, so he comes up with a bunch of booby traps and shit. And but this one, besides you know, homo, this one takes a dark turn at the end. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I was trying to do some research on this to see if I could find out when Home Alone was written. You know, like if, if they had actually, if there's a, if there is a chance that you know John Hughes could have seen Home Alone or seen this movie somehow and then copied it. But I just don't think that's possible. I mean, cause this movie came out really, it didn't come out until January 17th, 1990. Yeah. But this, but they and, were, but they were filming home alone between February and May of 1990. So it is very possible. This guy could have seen this movie somehow. So he could have seen oh, it and then it. written home alone. And then, and then I, I may, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe. Or I mean, he worked in the film industry. Maybe 
you know, maybe he, maybe he was at that film festival. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe somebody was and told him about it and he's like, Oh, well, that's a good idea. Let's do something like that. Yeah. So, or maybe he just had the same idea as a guy and he just didn't know it. It's possible. Maybe it's yeah. possible. So exactly. So this movie, like we were saying at the beginning, has a bunch of different names. So yeah. the real name is that the one I saw in the movie when it popped up was the three six one five called code Pierre Noel. Right. So obviously it's also three six one five code Father Father Christmas. Yeah, uh, which is what that means in French. Yes, and this is also referring to the Mentel dialing number. Have you? Do you know what this thing is? Hell no! I had to look this up, and I still don't yes. really understand it. It's like the internet. <laughs> Bro, but not exact. This thing is like a a a cheap AOL chat room thing, <laughs> and I was like, "There's a scene where we'll talk about it." But there's a scene where that Santa is like talking to him, and it looks like a fucking, it looks like a game or like a a, a tailor machine right in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. So what you're telling me is kids can buy this computer and they can have creepy men talk to them anywhere around the world and just talk to them. Is that, is that what I was supposed to see out of this mental thing? Well, yeah, basically. I mean, that's what the internet is now, right? Oh my God, I guess so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's it's like it's like it's like French internet, basically. Yes. It's just like it's kinda of, it's like a it, but you could only chat on it, I guess. Yeah, you can uh, only one thing chat. I find re- remarkable is that um in, in February of two thousand nine, French telecom still had um ten million people that used it. Wow, this little fucking thing. In two thousand nine, well, they no, it's not now. In, in two thousand twelve, they retired the service entirely. But yeah. but in two thousand nine, there were still ten million people that used it. Wow. Um, this thing was yeah. like it. It look. It's basically. It looks like a little mini mini computer, and it's basically like how the old AOLs. We can only like do a sentence yeah. sentence at a time. Like you're doing fucking code right. out there and shit. Right. So. Definitely interesting. So this movie also known as Deadly Games, which is the one that's on Shutter. That's what it's called. Right. Uh, Dial Code Santa Claus, Game Over, and Hide and Freak. I think I like Hide and Freak the best. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think that suits it best. If it was called like Dial Code Santa Hide and Freak, that'd be a good one. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, like you know, it was it was filmed at the it was premiered at that Youth and Children's Film Festival. So. And then obviously this movie was supposed to be PG thirteen, which I could see. Um, it did have a pretty dark tone to it. That we'll that we'll talk about. Like I was kind of surprised about like how, you know, especially towards the end and stuff. Um, I did I did like the killer's choice of weapons. <laughs> in this uh, yeah. movie. Um, so but but uh but yeah I mean very very interesting movie. Um, I don't know, I kind of liked it. So we'll, we'll talk about it, but I think this is actually a pretty good uh, Christmas movie, if there was one. But uh, what do you think, Allison? Well, how about I, uh, why don't we, why don't we dial up Santa and our mentel? Uh, hopefully, let's, let's oh, use our mentel and dial three six one five and yes. dial up Santa Claus. Yes, and hopefully the real Santa will talk to us, not some sort of creep uh, mall guy just walking around. Hopefully, right. So, but let's get into it, buddy. Let's get into the. Uh, well, which title do you want me to use? The Deadly Game one? The Father Santa? Let's just get into all of them. Let's do it. Let's just get into all the Deadly Games. Let's do it. He's nine years old. His name is Thomas. 
he's a little genius. He believes in Father Christmas. His two favorite pastimes? Computers and superheroes. December 24th, midnight. Hidden under the dining room table, Thomas waits for Father Christmas. But what he does not know is that he is about to experience the most frightening night in his entire life. his match. Wanted Mr. Xmas. All right. So we're here. It's snowing. It's a Christmas movie and it's snowing. I mean, come on now. They kind of just go hand in hand. Uh, we have some uh, trash running over a snow globe. Uh, we have some kids playing uh, 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 snow tag with each other. And then we have this older guy just shows up and everybody just like looks at him and they all leave. And the guy looks sad. <laughs> Remember, remember him. Remember him. It's important. So we see a a kid who we find out is going to be the main character, Thomas, but he yep. also goes by Tommy and Tom. So this guy had three names. All right, and True. writing writing that down when you had to do notes, I was like, well, fuck, which one is he? <laughs> All right. So he goes by while three names. Speaking French at the same time. Yeah, while they're speaking. Yes, exactly. So I was like, well, this, fuck. This is our first French movie, right? Yeah, I think this is our first like, like dub movie. movie. No, not dub, but like like subtitle movie. I don't think we did a this subtitle. Is, yeah, no, we've never done a subtitle movie. So this is our first subtitled movie and our first French movie. Yeah. So I was like, when I when I saw that, I was like, oh fuck. I thought it would be a little harder than it was, but it <laughs> it wasn't too bad to write down some notes. So it wasn't like that fucking uh, yeah. So this uh, <laughs> what's that movie that I had the hardest time with? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. It was one of those. That vampire weird. one. The yeah, fucking the weird. Vampire. Oh, my God. That was like, the hardest <laughs> shit to write notes for. Anyway, the 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 kid, Thomas, he's like sleeping in his airplane. He's like listening to all these like war fighter jet sounds and shit. Like, fuck, man, this guy can sleep during. I guess this is what makes him sleep is like hearing like jet fighter battles and shit. So I, the, I guess this kid's kind of weird. I mean, he's kind of odd. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a sheltered <laughs> kid. He has one <laughs> friend named Philo or whatever. It lives in a fucking yeah. castle. And he's apparently a genius. And he's a genius too for booby traps. For yes, and power gloves. Yes. All right. So he has a dog, uh, and now the kid. Okay. So this is my favorite part. My favorite part of the movie is like the beginning. So the kid is getting ready. Thomas is getting ready, and he has like this Rambo gear shit on. Did you hear the song that was playing in the background? Oh, I wanted. I meant. I meant. Oh, I forgot about that. I wanted to bring that up. So, so whether this movie ripped off um, Home Alone or Home Alone ripped this movie off yeah. or not. That song ripped off Eye of the Tiger. Oh my god! Sure. It was, bro. Where can it's I find this song? It's nearly the same song. If yeah. I okay, first of all, if I could find that song, I'll be playing it right now. Okay, yeah. if I could find. I mean, this we shit. should play that and play Eye of the Tiger back to back. <laughs> back to back. I mean, it's. I mean, it's really the same. It's the same thing. I mean, it's like. Did you listen the to only the lyrics? Difference. 
uh, a little bit. There was a couple English. Really... There was a couple English parts that were like <laughs> hilarious. But yes, you're like you're right. It's it's exactly like fucking Eye of the Tiger, especially the beginning. Yeah, it just remixed. All right, right? and the guy was like, Christmas, Christmas, yeah, <laughs> X. I'm drawing an X Christmas. <laughs> I was like, please, please be a part of my Christmas playlist. I'll pay you. Just tell me where this is. I'll pay you to get the song. Please have me. Let me let me have the rights to it, please. That's what I want. That's I was begging for this that song, bro. This, this guy, I, was, so I loved it. It was so cheesy. Oh, was, uh, it, like, it, it reminded me of a song they would play in. I uh, remember, um, uh, what's that movie that South Park people did? Uh, Team America. It's like it, it reminded me of a song that they would do. America, uh, fuck yeah, or whatever that song's called. Yeah. yeah. So like they're the kids getting all ready and shit. All right, and he's like going through the house. He's doing like this Rambo shit where he's like trying to like kidnap his dog, and yeah. um, eventually like uh, he, he the, the I guess over the loudspeaker he just has a bunch of war sounds and shit. <laughs> All right, and he eventually traps his dog. The mom shows up. There's like, hey, we got to eat breakfast and go wake up your grandpa. The kid's like, all right, and free the dog because he caught the dog in like this little booby trap. All right, <laughs> we got to remember that booby trap. All right. And so he wakes up grandpa and he's like, hey, I brought the half blind diabetes guy here to the table. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Oh, shit. So they're all eating shit and. So we find out that the the mom, which I didn't catch her fucking name, I just they just called her the mom the whole time. Her, she's mom, yeah. All right, unless unless uh, it was like Marilyn, but I'm just gonna call her the mom. All right. Sure. So she she was telling him like, hey, this toy company's going out of business, maybe or the stock's low, maybe I'll buy them up. And Grandpa's like, all right, you're buying up some more toys, and then the the fucking uh, Thomas is like, yeah, I'll take some more toys. And then mom's like, we got too many. It's like, uh, it's like I don't have enough. So we're, we're we're seeing like, you know, if you're younger watching this, you're like, yeah, that's right. There's no such thing as has enough toys. All right. So they're talking a little bit, and then they they eventually get onto the subject about the mom's like like Thomas's dad, and it gets kind of like awkwardly quiet and shit, and you could tell that um, Thomas like has like a weird reaction, but we never figured out like the dad like who the dad was or anything like that like he, he didn't basically get that that explored like we only heard we only they only brought up like his true dad like like a bunch of like very little so we right. didn't really we didn't really like get to know like what the dad's was like did he leave did he die what happened so eventually there's a um so this is like christmas eve by the way all right mm-hmm. so a car comes up and not and it horns and it's all like well, well, first of all, they're all talking about how the, the, the grandpa can't see and stuff, and he's diabetic too. So that's another thing. And then this is when uh, this is when Thomas brings up like, hey, this the, my friend Philo said fucking uh, Santa ain't real. And I thought the mom <laughs> had like the most clever line a mom can have to make, to make their kid believe Santa is real. This shit would have worked yes. on me too. Mom was like, listen, Phil's right. Or Philo is right. Uh, Santa's not real to him because he's been naughty all year. Santa doesn't visit Ouch. naughty kids. She only visits nice kids like you. And then the kid's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'd have been like, fuck, that makes sense too. <laughs> and by the way, if this kid was nice, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
so eventually the car comes the car comes up and everything and we could tell that um thomas is uh is a, is a little upset he's like hey mom your cohort has arrived cohort mm. that's what he called the boyfriend basically of a I thought that was clever and then uh, the mom says like okay i gotta go to work and everything but you don't stay up and take care of grandpa and he's like oh i will take care of grandpa so she ends up leaving and then you can see her like the we, we found out that her her kind of boyfriend slash co-worker his name is roland he tries to go for a kiss and they drive off and thomas is looking a little upset so now the mom is going to like a meeting all right, and she's talking about like how, like, um, you know, how Thomas is like, you know, he's such a genius kid, and uh, you know, he's he's super smart for his age and everything. He's 11 years old, and she said he's smart and everything, but he still believes in Santa. He still believes in goblins and ghouls and all that fairy tale shit. All right, and she's like, oh, I'm not gonna break his heart on 11 because even at 11, I still believe in Santa too. All right, so they're just talking about like how they're trying to pump up his character, make him seem like right. they're trying to tell us that he's very smart and he's very like tacti- very very smart and everything, but his weak spot is believing in, you know, fairy tale people like Santa Claus and leprechauns and all that shit. Okay, and also too, they also say something about like uh like her being like, a big into computer programming even though she runs her own like toy retail business store. I I wasn't exactly sure what she ran. But it's like a department store. Yeah. I was like, fuck, we got a fucking um, castle for yeah. this shit. Yeah. She like manages a department store and she can afford a castle, I guess, on, on that yes. salary in 1989. So also too, like Thomas also gave um, his mom a note, you know, about like wanting to meet Santa. And that's how the mom showed mm-hmm. Roland the note as well too. And then right when she said that, then she goes into this big work meeting and her first thing was, Tonight is Christmas and we're all open late. I was like, fuck. Who? We've all heard that fucking bullshit before, haven't we? <laughs> oh, God. Yep. And so I love this part too because this is totally like corporate bullshit right here. Okay? So she wants, she's like, okay, we're open. This is late. I want to have this, the best store of all time. I want to have Santa's everywhere. I want to have elves work everywhere. I want to be working till late. I want to have this big store. I want to be blowing up. And then one guy's like, uh, well, what the fuck? You didn't let us know last month so we can actually prepare for this shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she's all like, and her ex- her excuse was, well, kids didn't believe in Santa last month. But now like, they do. But now they do. Because your little yeah. brat kid said he believed in fucking Santa. Now we got to work overtime because of this fucking now brat. Now we got to work overtime. Where's That's that crazy Santa guy? Yeah. I'm going to send him to his house. <laughs> <laughs> So all these kids, they have to go find all this shit. Like it's like fuck. Imagine that. Imagine they want to go hire off the street like six Santa Claus. There's a bunch of L- just off the street one day in advance. Bro, yeah, they'd be fucked. Well, and that's why they get. That, that's well, that's why they get the. They were fucked in. That's why they got the. That's why they got the quality Santa Claus that they got. That's true. So Thomas is now with his friend Philo. All right, and they are they are uh, they are they have one of those Mentel machines, and Thomas yeah. is trying to. Dial in Santa to make sure Santa is coming tonight. And Philo's making fun of him the whole time. He's like, ah, oh, Santa's not real. You're just doing a bunch of bullshit fucking typing on there and stuff. You're probably just going to get some creeper, some Santa guy in an alpha. He's going to try to come in here and he's not necessarily going to like do anything to you, but it's going to be weird. And, Phil, and Thomas is like, no, he's not. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, right. And I don't know if you heard in the background, but there's like some cool song on this one too. Like this soundtrack to this was actually pretty good. It was some sort of like French 80s hair metal band song. I was like, <laughs> where is this? I need it in my life now. Yeah, then, I can't believe you haven't ordered the soundtrack for this. Artist. Does it even have a soundtrack? <laughs> because <laughs> I need to find these songs now. They were great. I love them. So they're calling each other stupid, and eventually Tom's like flips out. I was like, "Well, yeah, well, fuck, I ain't gonna help you with your homework or help you with beat those video games." And I was Uh-oh. like, "Fuck, man, fucking nine-year-old me." But like, are you sure? Fuck, I'm fucked. <laughs> All right. So Thomas now gets an answer, and Phil's like, "Where's it from? It's it's from the North Pole." All right. Mm-hmm. So Philo's not thinking this is real and stuff. So that they they're like you know um. Thomas and the other person is going back and forth saying, hey, this is the real Santa. And then Santa's like giving like these clues like, yes, it's really me. And then Phil wants to ask a question. He wants to ask Santa, hey, uh, do, do, you, do you really got midgets working for you? Like in the stories? <laughs> and, then he didn't say, and then the guy didn't say anything. And it's like, Thomas like, that was a stupid question. <laughs> All right. And then he's like, I'm going to ask if he's coming. All right, it's like, are you coming tonight? And and then they replies like, you already know the answer. Wow. So then like, uh, so now like Philo is like, he's thinking like, is like, <laughs> this guy Philo? He he was uh, he was on top of the shit here. He's thinking like, hey man, this is like kind of weird. Like maybe we got like intercepted with one of those like weirdo messages boards or something. I was like, fuck, bro. If you only knew what's gonna happen ten years or twenty years later. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, uh, Santos, and then, of course, you know, they kept going back and forth, and Santos saying he's real. Or you just got to believe in me. And then we find out that it was the the older guy who was trying to snow fight earlier is the one messaging a kid out in public on a uh, 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 Mentel message board. It was a... Yeah. It was like a teller. It looked like a teller machine, a message board. It was yeah. called a point Mintel machine. Yeah, like the so thing, they and ahead. it was ran apparently random, right? I guess. I guess you, I don't That's know. How it like, did he just? So, I mean, so I don't know. How does it work? So, so the kid dials in that code, and does any so jobber can just pick it up? Kind, yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. So my understanding of the way this works is um it's kind of like um chat rooms used to be where you just go into a chat room and then there would just be some random person in it um but if you know like the the number for somebody you can talk to somebody in particular so it's it's like yeah i mean it's like an aol chat room or maybe even a chat room before aol like i remember like the first chat rooms I was ever in, it was almost like it was just random. Like you were just in this room and there were a bunch of other people in it, or maybe one other person was in it and you would just start talking to them and you wouldn't know who they were, which is weird to think about now. Like you have no idea who this person is. They could be anyone. They could say they are anyone. Um, and nobody like even like questioned it. It was just like this weird new thing. Hmm. Um, but but that's what it that's what my understanding of what this thing is. I mean, it has a screen, a keyboard, and a modem, but it's all built into like a like a little tiny computer. 
um, on it and that sits on a table, and then you can like. Well, apparently, two people. It's also sitting around a, like a mall. It's just sitting there, so any creep can come up there and chat right in. Right. So that's what that was my question. So that was a public one that 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 he was using. Yeah. So was he like? I don't understand. I guess I just don't understand how he was trying to contact Santa. No, no, randomly. No, no. Thomas was contacting Santa, and that's what I meant. The yeah, guy Thomas was answering was to it. Contact Santa. Yeah, this guy was yeah, randomly but, answering but it, it. But it just went to this random like public Minitel system, I guess. Yeah. So after this, after he uh, does some creepy talk with a little kid over the internet, he walks yeah. around. He's infatuated with the Santa, who actually had a cool costume on. And he goes into the uh, the the retail store, and he needs a job to be one of the Santas. And of course, they give them to him because the fucking mom needed six or more Santas, and they're just hiring anybody out right. the street. So this is when we see Grandpa, and we see Thomas fixing up a car. I guess it's like this old car. So we're seeing more of Thomas's handyman skills. Uh, he asked for like a fucking wrench, and Grandpa, of course, can't see, so he gives him the wrong tool. And they eventually get the car up and running. And we can also see that Thomas can drive as well. Right. And apparently this is when we see their castle. So they live in a fucking castle. All right. Yeah, so he can basically do anything, like mechanical. Yes. Like he can build or fix anything. He can also do computer programming. Because that's what he's doing right now. So yeah, right. Thomas does computer programming. And he basically what he does is he builds this whole security system around his castle that they call a mansion. And right. he he basically has the a power glove on. Remember those power gloves back in the day? Yeah, the Nintendo power gloves. Yeah, yeah exactly. So this guy had a power glove on, and it's actually kind of a cool. It's actually to me, it looked like the first Apple Watch, almost like it's like this huge glove with a bunch of well, buttons. It also had a little screen there where you can watch all his fucking. Uh, it's kind of like a smartphone in a way. You know, you can watch all these videos and shit all from his little glove. This guy was way before his time. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely before his time. Where was Apple? This guy should have hired this guy. <laughs> yeah, Apple probably uh, ripped this guy's idea off for the Apple Watch. Yeah, this Mansur guy is going to go crazy if he hears, oh, fuck, what the hell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's basically making this whole system and, uh, uh, you know, basically putting all these security cameras and he's putting it into his glove. So his main goal is wherever Santa comes in the house, he will find him. And he will capture him. I was like, fuck, man, this guy's crazy. <laughs> mm. I was like, who's the villain? Who's the heel over here now? <laughs> and he just, and basically, why he wants to do this, he just wants evidence that Santa exists. So now we have like, this is like a random scene. It's a very cool like Christmas show outside. We had like people yeah. doing fireballs. We had people dancing around. We had some sort of like carnival people doing flips and shit. And I was like, where did this come from? Like you guys got that all in an hour or like a day? I was like, fuck. All right. The girl must have had some crazy so money. Christmas Eve, yeah. right? I was like, man, they're, they're pretty quick at booking shit. So we see a Santa, which is the creep guy. He's in his Santa gear. And he's like giving out creepy candy to all these kids and shit. And like just looking at them all creepy and shit. All right, then he eventually gets a kid on, on his lap. It's like a little girl. And he's all like, it's like fucking rubbing her face and shit. And he's all like, he's like, and then the kid was like, I don't like your face. And he's like, what the fuck? And he gets all triggered, like, what the fuck? 
He's like, yeah, I don't like your fucking face. You ain't the real Santa. And he fucking, this guy just slaps the fuck shit out of that kid. I was like, damn it. Yeah. I was like, damn. All right. And then, like, he has, like, a crazy look in his eyes, too. And then the fucking, uh, 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 Thomas's mom shows up. The store manager's like, what are you, what are you doing? You crazy or something? And he's like, where, and he's asked the kids, where's your mom at? She's like, oh, she went off. It's like, she just left you here with Santa? And she's all like, looked at him and was like, hey, you're, you're fired, man. You got to go to the personnel office. And they're like, hey, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go find your mom. And the Santa guy's like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. So the, the, the I, he never really had a name. So I'm just going to call him the crazy Santa. All right. Yes. And so he goes into the personnel office. All right. And we hear Roland on the phone talking about, hey, we, you know, that fucking brat. Well, he didn't, he didn't say this, but this is basically what he wanted to say. He was all like, hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, Thomas and stuff. Yeah. Our owner's kid. Yeah, you guys got a special shipment for him. He's getting all these toys. I was like, this little brat doesn't need any more fucking toys. All right. So basically, he's getting like a whole van full of toys delivered to him specially. And they have to, uh, they don't drop it off to to Thomas. They had to drop it off to the caretakers of the castle first. Right. And the Santa, the Santa, crazy Santa overhears this. He's like, that fucker. So he wants to sneak on. His plan is, and he does it, he sneaks onto the van. All right. Uh, that, um, so he goes into the warehouse and he sneaks into that van that's going to be delivered to the, uh, to the house. So we have Thomas and Grandpa. They're playing some board game, which actually looked kind of interesting. It was like a Dungeons and Dragons game or something from France or some shit. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It, was, it, was, it looked a lot like Dungeons and Dragons, but it had a board. Yeah, then they're like, talking back and forth about... Um, what exists and what doesn't exist. So they talk about Santa. They talk about like, like, uh, like elves or gremlins and goblins and shit. And they're they were saying this one thing exists, and they they knew it exists because they found their they found its skeleton. And then uh, Thomas is like, "Well, have you ever have we ever seen uh, Santa's skeleton? So we can prove that he's he is he exists." And Grandpa's like, "Well, Santa's not dead yet." Good right. point. Yes, it's all like. It's like, and then uh, Santa's like, well, I mean, come on. Do you believe in aliens? And the kid, and Tom was like, yeah, I believe in aliens. He's like, okay, well, there you go. You can't see aliens, but you believe in them, don't you? And he's like, oh, yeah, good point. He's like, are you telling me Santa's an alien? <laughs> and then we hear the dog bark at the window. And then eventually, the uh, uh, this is another funny part. So Thomas, like, helps Grandpa to the bed. And he's, like, walking by. And he's like... It's like, look how great my Christmas tree is. Look at that. Look how great my tree is. It's like the best tree you've ever seen. It's like putting over his tree. It's like, look how great the tree yeah. is. It was a nice tree. I was like, yeah, it was a nice tree. It was. He's like putting it over. Like, look at this tree. It's so great. Look how great my tree is. It's the best tree ever. All right. So now the, uh, we have one of the uh, the workers of the of the Thomas's moms delivering all the presents. And he's about to get out of the van, and then Crazy Santa just like chokes his ass out. So we have the first death scene in this kids' movie. All right, they ring the doorbell. All right, this is a funny scene. So the caretakers are Charles and Luis, and Charles is like, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you decided to dress up like Santa Claus this year? That's a great idea." And all the other times you just came in here, some sort of uh, jobber or some shit. <laughs> and they start talking about how the kids, oh, all these kids for for Thomas. All right, we'll just go put him over there and stuff. And eventually we, we cut and the, the Santa's doing a little shh kind of thing. 
So, so Thomas, he, uh, Allison, have you seen a lot of Game of Thrones or now? Um, I have seen the whole series, yes, but um, it's been a while. So, and the something this reminded me of this. I don't know why, but um, in the in the Red Keep, you know, the main castle, there's all these like a lot of these like hidden passageways and stuff. Okay, sure, yeah, uh, this like massive castle, and there's only a selected people who know about these these hidden passageways. So we can do like scour this whole house. And guess what? Thomas, he knows all the hidden passageways because he has himself a hidden room. Okay. Mm. So he's in his hidden room. All right. Hidden area of the house. So he's like, we can see him. He's in the hidden house. And he's kind of like, after we put grandpa down for some sleep, he's about to, um, he's, he's like going underneath the table and kind of like, Waiting for Santa. So he's kind of like near where the chimney area is. He's kind of getting himself ready for Santa. So now we're back with the mom. And she's all like, mm-hmm. Roland comes in and shit. Or what I would call him the cohort. He comes in there and shit. And the mom's like, we have to do the accounts right now. All right, we made so much money off of here. We probably made over like a billion dollars or some shit. And the Roland's like, like, no, we can do the books later. I'll do it. You should go home to your kid. She's like, are you sure and everything? She's like, yes, go home to your kid. You know, they need you and stuff. I'll do the books here. They ain't going to go away and stuff. He's like, oh, thank you, Roland. So we see some sexual tension between these two. Uh, and eventually the mom calls up um, Thomas saying like, hey, kid, don't, don't wake up. Don't wait up for Santa because if you wake up for Santa, he will turn into an org and capture you. <laughs> all right so go to fucking sleep and of course he's like yeah, i'll go to sleep and then he pretends like he goes to sleep and he doesn't and then um, yes yes i was gonna say like a lot of the things that we're reading in these subtitles i think might be lost in translation a little bit i think we've had that conversation before about italian movies but um, like i think that like <laughs> i think a lot of maybe some of the things weren't pr- properly translated but but we do get the general idea. Now she definitely said he was an org because it was trying to, it was trying to think that you know if Santa catches him, he will turn into a creature that will that will harm him compared to being good. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So this is when we see the uh, the Santa, the crazy Santa, has entered the house and he's spray painting his hair and his beard white to to look like Santa, and he sits in a chair, very creepy, and starts crying. So obviously he has some mental issues. All right. He's uh he's one of those guys who takes Christmas to a whole new level of wildness. Um, so he's sitting there and stuff, and so Thomas is kind of like sleeping a little bit. You know, he's underneath the table still, and he's, he's like sleeping, and then he eventually like sees like a rope come down from the chimney, and Santa comes to the chimney. It's like this like magical scene and shit like that. All right, and then right when the fucking Santa gets in here, the dog starts attacking Santa. Like, out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck? It's actually pretty creepy, too, yeah. because the kids are all like, oh, Santa's here and so great. But, like, in reality, this is probably what, it, what what would happen if some stranger came through your roof and you had a dog. That dog would probably attack his ass. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they're attacking and attacking everything. And no shit. Santa grabs a fucking cake knife and he kills yeah. the fucking dog with a cake knife. Yeah, that was that was shocking. It was just like, oh, my God. I didn't I didn't see that coming. Okay, so yes, Santa killing a dog was shocking. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Death by Cake Knife? <laughs> no, I've never seen Death by Cake Knife either. 
but yeah, brutal, so he had to, this is like the most brutal Max, scene in the yeah. movie. Yeah, it was. Him killing the dog was the most brutal scene in the like, movie. Fire. And then Dama starts freaking out right now. Then, then like the the Santa Claus is like kind of like looks down. And he finds him with a little bloody cake knife and shit. And he's all creepy looking. And then he goes fucking running. Thomas goes running and he goes to grab Grandpa. He fucking wakes up Grandpa saying, "Hey, Santa killed the dog." Like damn, Grandpa's like, "What the fuck's going on over here?" And then um, they're all running and stuff, and and uh, uh, they go hide. So basically, they go and hide in uh, Thomas's secret toy room lair. All right, Grandpa's all like, "What the fuck? How did this guy get in here? I thought they had the alarm. How did he, how did he get past the alarm system?" Thomas's like, "Well, fuck! I turned that shit off." You know what I mean? Ooh, I wanted Santa yeah. to come in here and shit. All right. And uh, so now, like, their plan is to, like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the car. All right. And we're going to go into their mom's car, and the keys are in there. We're going to start it. We're going to get the fuck out of here. So they go over there. All right. Uh, they're trying to start the car. They can't start the car. Santa's right in front of them. Very cool, creepy scene, too. And then fucking Santa just comes right there and he headbutts the fucking mirror. Like the fucking, the fucking windshield. The fucking headbutts that shit. This guy's crazy, man. Where's he, Goldberg? What the fuck? Huh? <laughs> he's, uh, he's crazy Goldberg. Yeah. Exactly. Santa Goldberg. And then, he starts, like, then he takes a hammer and starts mashing up the car and everything. And he basically breaks through and they all escape. They get the fuck out of there. Because they, they couldn't start the car, of course. So now they're back in that room and everything. Um, this is when Thomas tells him that, yeah, this is some secret room that's my, that my dad's former toys were in and his dad's former toys were in and his daughter's former toys were in. They're all in this room that only me and my dad knows. My mom didn't know this room at all. And, that, and that's the end. That's all we know about the dad, that he was not there and he had some secret right. room full of all his toys back in the day. Right. Right, and his exactly. dad, and his dad before him, and his dad before his dad, all had toys in his, this magic. They've room. all had this. Maybe this is where this castle came from. It's just been passed down yes. to the dad's side for all these years, and they have this magic room with toys in it. Yeah, yeah, duh. I mean, duh. See, you know, back in the day, um, the 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 original Thomas dad, he was some sort of like uh, uh, mystical warrior who 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 had all his. Uh, his, his toy minions come to life and and take over the the mass town and he made all these toys built him a magical castle and that's how this castle came to be i just made all that shit up but that's the prequel basically <laughs> uh-huh. that's the prequel to deadly games yes so so the the plan is now is they kind of hear the phone ring all right, and like okay that must be the mom on there we got to go get the phone the grandpa's like we can't go over there we got some crazy santa over here it's like, I can't go. I can barely see any shit. Right? They're like, no, I'll go. They're going back and forth. And he's like, don't worry about it, Grandpa. See, I have this power glove on me. And I and I wired all the systems to this power glove so I can see where the Santa goes and stuff. And Santa's like, oh. and he's like, I'll give you a walkie-talkie too. And he's like, okay, well, you know, even if I was going to tell you to go, you know, you would go anyway. Yes. So now the mom is like trying to rush home. And it takes her forever to get home. I don't know how far she lives away from this castle, but boy, it had to be like an hour, at least an hour drive back yeah, and forth. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't build a castle just anywhere. That's true. Okay, so she's rushing back home. She can't get an answer, so she's worried. 
Uh, so we see the, the crazy Santa walking through the pool room and stuff, and he eventually sees one of the cameras, so he's onto the uh, Thomas's gimmick, smashes up the camera, all right? And then um, he's like, and then, you know, Thomas is like, oh, fuck, he's, he's, caught, these, he's caught these giant cameras that's very easy to see, all right? So Thomas is trying to sneak around. He's trying to go up to the phone. He tries to go up into the phone. Um, so he, while he's doing that, he eventually like runs in to Santa, like right before he can get to the phone. And like Santa's like coming after him, and then he has like a thought in his head. It's like, oh, wait a minute, I have that hidden gate that I put the dog in before. So Santa's running, running after him, and eventually gets him, and he puts him into the gate. Like the little nest net area, and he just runs away. But before then, he accidentally triggered the alarm system, and all the all the windows and all the stuff gated up, so they're all trapped in this giant mansion of a house. So he's running away and stuff. Um, eventually, this is a weird scene too. So like, so like this is his house, right? You know, his castle. Yes. And he's like supposedly knows Bridge. everything about this house. Apparently. So he gets lost in his own house maze. <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised about that too because I thought he was going to be like the master of this like yeah. castle, but then he gets lost in it. Well, he told us later on. We'll get there. He's like, "Yeah, I'm the. I know every inch of this house." It wasn't. You didn't know that fucking room, did you? Is he that didn't new? know that part. So I was <laughs> it's, like, a new, it's a new addition. The new. I guess the new. Maybe Grandpa built that room. I don't know. So eventually, goes to the attic. He tries to find the phone. Phone's off the hook. Santa shows up. Crazy Santa. And eventually, the kid runs outside. And he fucking runs outside, just snowing everywhere, barefoot, on top of the mansion. I was like, bro, his feet is like, they. how did his feet not have fucking uh, freezer burn? How? Tell me how. Allison, tell me how his feet didn't get fucked up. Uh, mm, kayfabe answer to that. He's wearing newspapers on his shoes. Oh, yeah. On his feet. There we go. The reason he didn't get freezer burns is because we didn't book him to. That's why. We didn't book him to. <laughs> so he's out there and stuff, um, and he he's basically crying and stuff, and and uh, the you know the mom's trying to still trying to get a signal and everything she can't. Oh, we get a big shot upon. We see the whole big castle and the whole snow and everything. Um, you know now like. Uh, uh, the mom calls Roland and stuff. Roland's like, hey, you know, it's probably just the phone lines are down. You know, don't worry about it. Just, you know, just get back home and I'll keep trying as well, too. All right. Um, so Thomas, they, they apparently have like two lines in this house. And one line got cut, but the other line is still okay. And they can kind of hear that one from like way, way part of the mansion or castle. Right. Uh, so he hears the phone ringing there too. He's like kind of like near the chimney area. Uh, he tries to radio his grandpa. Uh, grandpa raises him back. He didn't know how to use the button. And eventually, like I guess Thomas eventually goes and he sneaks into his computer room. And now he's going to do Morse code through his computer to send messages out to tell him for help because Santa is attacking him. Yes. So he sends a message to Roland. A fax message to Roland and to Philo. And they both get the message, but Philo gets his first. So, I don't know why this happened, but Grandpa just wakes up and he falls down. Right. And then Santa eventually hears him. Uh, I guess I guess he got up and fell down so we can further the plot. 
So he's up there. Um, Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, like basically, I mean it. I mean, I'm sure it's his di- diabetic issues, but the reason, but yeah, it's, it, this all happens to further the plot for sure. Yeah, further the plot. Yeah. So he's up there. He's walking. Um, Santa basically hears him, so he, he finds where the secret layer is. It's behind like some sort of like old school like refrigerator. Uh-huh. Uh So now, um, so. Thomas he kind of like he's trying to radio for Grandpa and he, he kind of hear that the, the Santa's like stalking him and stuff so Thomas rushes to go get Grandpa the crazy Santa's like stalking Grandpa Grandpa could barely see anything and then right before uh, Tom, uh, crazy Santa was gonna stab cake knife fucking Grandpa Thomas makes the save so good for yeah. him so they're like running through the room and they're running through like the little hallway and stuff um, they go to the weight room and Thomas is like, I have a great idea. It's like, of course you do. So, so this is when they, they, they're, there's like playing like a tape in the background or they're playing like noise. You can hear grandpa talking saying like, Oh, you know, something here. I can't see this. I'm useless, blah, blah, blah. And eventually they trap crazy Santa in like a sauna room. Yes. So Thomas like tricked him. He's like rolled up in like a blanket. He rolled up in like a like a rug, and he tricked him, and he like locked him in his room, and then he uh, he goes down to Grandpa saying like, "Okay, Grandpa, everything is good now. I trapped this motherfucker in this room." All right, and then um, okay, and then Thomas is like, "Yeah, I, I trapped him in his room, everything, but we can't leave because my arm band broke, my power glove broke, so we can't get out of this place. So we have to find another way to get out of here." Yeah, because now we're trapped in the room. Yes. And so mom is still freaking out on the phone. She freaks out about the phone line to Roland saying even the other line's not working as well too. And basically the mom is like worried because she thinks that the um, like grandpa like maybe had like an episode and got rushed to the hospital. That's why they're not answering. Um, but Roland's like, well, I think like if they did that, um, I think they would have called you. Um, maybe, yeah. But like Roland's like, it's probably just the power lines. But what I'll do is I'll call the cops and I'll make sure they come over there. And then Roland eventually sees the fax paper. He's like, oh no. And then the fax paper says, help. Santa is attacking me. Come quick. <laughs> Love that. And then, and then at the end, it was like, Tom. <laughs> help. Santa is attacking me. Yes. Come quick. Come quick. Tom. Sign Tom. So, like, who else would have written that yes. other than Tom? So, Thomas basically needs to fix his armband so they can get the hell out of there because they're all locked up right now. So, the mom has now called the commissioner. So, we're not calling the police. We're not calling the sheriff. We're going to go straight to the commissioner. She got that kind of pull. And she was all like, Where's the commissioner? Oh, I know it's Christmas. We'll get him on the phone. <laughs> like, damn, all right. She's like, listen, I don't know if my son's in danger and stuff. They're not answering and stuff. I just need somebody to go over there quickly. She hangs up and then she eventually like swerves out of the road and we think she's going to crash. And she just like kind of swerves on the road for a little bit. And she kind of like tips off like a part of like the bridge and shit. So Santa gets the door unlocked. It's kind of easy, by the way. It was just like a broom in there and eventually just fell. That was like holding the door open. So he gets, he gets out of there. Um... Philo reaches the house 
All right. Um, so, um, Thomas now is like blowtorching part of like, like his panel to get it open. So he knows how to use the blowtorch too. And then he eventually opens up all the windows. So all the, all the little gate windows are all open up in the house now. And he's about to leave and he gets tripped by Santa. And then while he gets tripped by Santa, Santa eventually cuts him viva cake knife. All right. And he tries to fucking pull him over. Philo shows up. Thomas like, get the hell out of here. He's attacking me. And then Philo runs away. And then fucking Santa just chases him. Fucking chases him outside on his bike the whole time. He's like riding away and everything. And eventually Philo just gets away. And then that's the last we see of him. He's like, fuck this shit. Fuck this kid. I told you this guy was crazy. Yeah. I did. Right. Told you not to go in that room chat, not. kid. Exactly. <laughs> told you not to contact Santa. Told you it was a dumb idea. Fuck yeah. you. I'm getting out of here. So, so while this is all happening, apparently Thomas had an idea where to put Grandpa to keep him safe. Oof. So we didn't put him in the closet. We didn't put him in nope. an extra room. We didn't nope. even put him underground. We put him in a armored suit. Yes. Statue. <laughs> When I saw that, I was like, okay, this is Jump the Shark. Like, this is. <laughs> I love that scene. Is, I was like, that's clever. This is just unbelievable. It's like, all right, Grandpa, I know you're like, you know, old as shit. You can't see anything. Right, just go in that suit and stay there. All right? Like, it'll be done in a second. Don't worry about it. I got it'll, you. It'll, everything, is, everything will be fine. Yes. Okay, so now, um, so now Thomas is pissed. All right? And he tells Santa crazy Santa over the speaker system. This is my house. You don't know anything about this house. I know everything about this house except for that random room. I got lost in. All right. And you try to kill me. You try to kill grandpa. Now it's your turn. It's your turn to suffer. And it's your turn to be scared. Merry Christmas. Song plays. <laughs> so we see Thomas in the chair for a long period of time. Wondering about all the violence he's about to do on Santa Claus. He's like, you know what? <laughs> this fucking Santa Claus, I believed in you. And now you're chasing me and killed my dog and shit. And I'm going to have to take you down, brother. And the thing that gets me is that he, through this entire movie, he doesn't ever really realize that it's somebody else in no. a Santa suit, right? He thinks he thinks it's Santa yeah. Claus trying to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, nobody's like, nobody's like breaking it to him. Like, I like how yeah. nobody's, like, breaking into my grandpa or nobody is, like, bro, this ain't, this ain't really Santa, bro. This, this is a That's psycho like that yeah. broke into our house and tried to kill us. But, he, but Tommy thinks it's yeah. uh, it's Santa Claus is trying to kill him. Yes. So, so not only is uh, Tommy, not only is he a genius programmer, he can fix cars, he can blow torch shit, he can come up with crazy, yeah. he can also, he's also a medic, too, because he fixes his own leg. He like wraps yeah. it up and he does like a fucking, he makes his own like fucking crutch out of wood. Yeah. It's like a fucking John Deere over here. All right. He is fucking a genius. Except when it, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a complete genius except when it comes to figuring out like social cues and yes. things that normal people can do, like figure out that this is just some psycho and not really Santa Claus. Yeah. So he's taking care of his room and everything. He, now he's like holding his dog. So he has time to do all this stuff. He has time to make himself a crutch. He has time yeah. to hold his dog and cry, and he also has time to bury his whole dog. And during, yeah. and think about it, during this whole time, Grandpa, he's just stuck in his armor. All right, the yeah, whole time. Whole, he's, in, uh-huh. he's in the armor the whole time. Yeah. yeah. 
He buries his dog and everything. And now we start doing some Home Alone shit because he's setting up booby traps, <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah, now now it gets really crazy. Yeah, now this is like the, the writer of Home Alone is like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, then he does the booby traps. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll steal that, brother. So we're getting all these booby traps ready. Like, we got a couple, like, darts in there. We got this fucking gun in there. We got the gun system. You know, they definitely ripped out that gun system. He makes a bunch of traps. Yeah. Um, we got the gun trap on there. Uh, Crazy Santa's, like, walking around. He fucking walks right into the trap. And, okay, I need you to explain this to me, Allison. Have you played darts before? Uh, I have played darts, yes. Okay. So, you know that needle on the darts? They're pretty big, right? You know, they're pretty long. Yeah. Okay. I'd say so. Okay. What if you had two of them shoot at a full place into your neck? <laughs> I, I think you'd be up Shit's Creek at that point. Like I'm pretty sure that shit would hurt and you'd be fucked. Yeah. Like that. Would, yeah. I think that. It, I think that you, if it went in the wrong spot, you could probably bleed pretty bad. Well, apparently Santa Claus or Crazy Santa Claus, he got shot in both sides of his neck with a fucking full blown dart in his neck, and the next scene is just fine. Perfectly, perfectly. Nothing, nothing to see here. I'm fine, guys. I'm not bleeding out in my neck yep. with a fucking dart in my neck. That dart went all the way in too. I saw it. Yep. I just pulled him back out, and everything was fine. I was like, "Fuck, bro. How? Oh, yeah." Anyway, he's just like fine walking around. Everything's fine. Everything, we didn't film that scene. That was cut out or something. It was weird. So we cut to the next scene. Um. This is like, he's, he's still walking. It's like a weird room they're walking in. It's like this room, it's like the dungeon, but it has a bunch of snow or dirt and all in there and shit. All right. And, uh, okay, so, and then eventually, like, he, uh, and Thomas pops out and he starts to blow up the room too. All right. <clears throat> so the next, the next scene is Thomas, now he's making a grenade and he puts a, the grenade into, to, into like a toy train. All right, now we're he's not he's up to his tree, his favorite tree, the best tree of all time. He's <laughs> yeah. up to it, and right. he he uses this toy, and the toy goes into Santa, and Santa yeah. grabs the toy train. He's like all happy about this toy train. He goes up to the toy train, <laughs> plays around with the toy train. Thomas is like, "What the fuck? This thing ain't blowing up. What the hell?" And then he and then Santa winds it up, and then the toy train goes past Thomas, and he's all worried because there's a fucking grenade in there, and then the yes. and then the toy train is about to hit Grandpa. <laughs> So Thomas freaks out. He tries to go capture the toy train. Uh, Crazy Santa grabs him. The toy train hits Grandpa's armor. Doesn't do jack shit. Okay. And then the gra- and then the then the fucking Santa comes up to the toy train and he plays with it some more. And I was just like, what what is going on here? Is the thing gonna blow up or not? Okay. <laughs> so this thing did not blow up. So apparently this fucking Rambo guy he can make power gloves and shit, but he can't make a goddamn grenade. All right. Well, nobody's good at everything. That's true. So this is also too when all this shit doesn't going down. The Roland, um, he finds the Thomas's mom and he helps her get out of the car. And this is also too when the police or one police officer shows up to the house, the the castle as well. Yeah. So Santa uh, is is, I guess somehow Thomas when all the train shit happened, he got away. So now Santa sees the cop and he closes the blind and Thomas watches the cop through the window and Thomas uh, is going to Grandpa saying, we're saved. Uh, there's a cop here. And then Grandpa's like, 
I need insulin. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yes. So Grandpa yes, is do. like basically on death's door. And now Thomas is freaking out. So we see the cop outside. And of course, Santa is stalking him right behind him. Thomas goes and he, he's trying to find some insulin. He can't find it anywhere. So during all this stuff too, you know. So one thing I forgot to mention is Thomas, Thomas he put like a tracker on Crazy Santa. Kind of track him through his power glove. But in this scene when he's getting insulin, he's getting the, he's getting the tracker was given back to him. All right? Right. So yeah. and he's about to grab the insulin from the the caretaker's room, and he grabs it and mm-hmm. stuff. And right when he does, Santa grabs him. All right. And then um, when Santa's like talking about like, is like, I got you. All right, you're alone now. We're gonna do hide and seek. Because like, what the fuck? It's like yes. And he's like, it's like threatening him with a fucking cake knife. He's like, <laughs> I need you to count the twenty. And I need you to not to cheat. And it's like, okay. So the Thomas starts counting one, two, and fucking crazy sound just goes off. So I guess he wants to play hide and seek now. And then Thomas is like, one, two, okay, get the he just runs out of here. It's like goes right up to grandpa. He's like, Grandpa, hey grandpa, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go to the caretaker and see if I can find some more insulin. The, the where where all the insulin's at. So he goes to look for Charles and Louise. They're already dead, because the, the Santa killed them earlier. Um and then eventually he grabs the insulin. Uh, and then he goes into like the cop car and it like speeds off. Okay. This is like Thomas. He's in a cop car speeding off with the insulin. Yeah. And he's trying to radio four four two seven. I guess that's the cop car. He knows how to radio cops apparently and talk their language. Okay. Sure. Well, I mean, he knows how to do everything else in this movie except yeah. make a grenade yeah, apparently. Yeah. So while he does that, Santa pops up behind him and says, you're no cheating. And they all crash. <laughs> all right. So they're all, they all crash and everything. Uh, eventually Santa uh, escapes. All right. Thomas, he's, he's, yeah. he's escaped too. They're kind of like running from each other. Uh, they tip over, they trip over the dead cop where Thomas trips over that dead cop. So we found out where he went. Uh, Thomas now grabs a gun. And this is when Crazy Santa's like looking at him all strange and worried. He's like, oh, fuck, how this <laughs> this kid's going to kill me. I thought we were just playing hide and go seek. Oh, nope. Uh, so now, and then eventually Thomas like shoots his ass. It's like, oh, fuck. It's getting dark here now, brother. And then he goes to get Grandpa. He goes back into the house, takes off Grandpa's helmet, his armor and shit. And he smacks that insulin right into him. And he's saying, don't yeah. die, Gran- Grandpa. Don't die. Don't die. And eventually Grandpa wakes up. I was like, oh, fuck. It's a Christmas miracle. Oof. Christmas miracle. Happy ending. So not only did this guy shoot Santa Claus, who he loved, he also <laughs> saved Grandpa, too. All right, so yeah. Grandpa's waking up. Guess what, brother? You guys thought there was going to be a T-1000? No. There was going to be a crazy Santa because nope. gunshots can't hurt him, brother. He's awake. Nope. Fire, gunshots, darts to the neck. Fucking Michael Myers move over, brother. We got crazy Santa. So he shows up and everything. Fucking... Dirt all over his face and everything. The kid has dirt all over his face too. They're like, he's like about to attack him. Santa's about to attack Thomas and shit. Fucking grandpa can't see with a shit, but he can see the gun. <laughs> all right. He's, it's, it's this whole intense moment. Grandpa's like, get the fuck down, Thomas. And he shoots his ass. All right. And then right when that happened, of course, 
Roland shows up with, with the mom. They come in there. There's like this whole recap. There's this whole recap of the movie saying, you know, Santa's not real and shit. <laughs> yeah. and I want to see a skeleton and stuff. And, you know, fucking, you know, he's here and everything. And then, of course, mom goes, shows up and everything. She's like, oh, my little boy, it's over. It's over and stuff. And, of course, Thomas is like, no, all this shit Ugh. was my fault. I'm the one that called Santa over here. All right. And it, it, I wanted to see him and everything. And this is all my fault. Yeah. Like, I, I caused this. I caused my dog to die. I caused the grandpa to almost yeah. die. Uh, I must, well, he's uh, not wrong. I'm be, yeah, it kind of it kind of is his fault. I'm gonna be traumatized and shit. I'm probably gonna be like that guy from Saul. This is probably my origin story and shit. Like, <laughs> I'm probably just gonna start killing people and telling them to learn their lessons and stuff now. That's a like that that's Kevin a really guy. good point. This is like the origin <laughs> of the guy from of the Saul guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did you ever hear that thing where like they uh, they they said like Kevin McAllister was the guy from Saul? Yeah, like, I've heard that, but this fits better. Though. Yeah, this one fits a little better. He's like, fuck, it's all because I dialed this fucking creepy Santa on my message board. Who thought <laughs> that there'd be some creepy guy on a message board? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought uh, that in 1989? Right? Yeah, I mean, come on. And then, Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was pretty disturbing, though. Not disturbing, but it was pretty like... That was a pretty good ending where he's like, it's my fault. He's like, yeah. he says, it's all my fault. I just wanted to see Santa or something yeah. like that. Christmas is room for this kid, that's for sure. Yeah, this guy has no dead shit. Santa in his fucking house, <laughs> yeah, shot by Santa. him, shot by him and Grandpa. And it, it's weird though, because at the end we see like a dead Santa just laying right there with his boots, like all like fine <laughs> next to the door for some reason. <laughs> and that's it. That's Deadly Games, Dial Up, Santa Fear Fight, or Santa Claus. A million code, subtitles this movie has. Code Code Name Freak or whatever it's called. A yeah. million. <laughs> This is Home Alone prequel. Don't tell Manzor that. He'll freak out. See your ass. Game over, brother. So, Game over. So I like this movie. I thought it was pretty entertaining. I, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty good. It was better than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Um, but yeah, it was pretty remarkable. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good story. Pretty good Christmas story. I mean, I would love to see a sequel of like this guy is just crazy now. This Thomas kid. Like some sort of fucking secret agent who gets triggered by now seeing he- Santa and shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? And now he hates, like, in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. It's fucking like, he crazy. sees red, and now he's triggered. Yeah, now he hates Christmas or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're, we are continu- we have, like, a storyline going on here with our holiday 80s horror movies. Like, they all, all these characters have trauma to them. You know what I mean? And just, uh, just like, imagine, <laughs> like, he grows up, and he has kids. And his kids are like, I want to go see Santa. And it's like, I killed Santa. I killed that bitch. Bro, this... <laughs> Like like we said in like dead. like we said it like in last episode like this 1989 Christmas was wild, yeah. Like yeah. we had like fucking robots and shit with like <laughs> fucking well, not a robot. We had like Nazis. fucking yeah. We had Nazis and elves. <laughs> All right, so she's traumatized because she's some inbred Nazi creation trying to get raped by an elf. <laughs> we had this other girl who can like go into dreams and shit. All her family dies and shit on Christmas because of this crazy yeah. guy's experiment. Yeah. And now we got this fucking Rambo kid. Dog died. Grandpa almost died because his, his Santa, that's like some creep that he thought was a real Santa and he killed his ass. Yep. Fuck. So speaking of that, join us <laughs> speaking here. Speaking of that. Join us here for for two special episodes coming up here on the yeah. Retro Blood and the Lights Out. So on Christmas Eve, join myself and Allison as we return before Lights Out. Our no holds barred podcast where we talk about whatever we want. 
And we're going to be talking about the original Black Christmas. 70s movie, brother. We're going to talk yeah, about all about that. We're going to talk about... I actually have a, a pretty good stuff to talk about the origins of Christmas horror movies, too. We're going to be talking about that, too. Because that actually goes back into, like, the 50s and shit. So, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy when we think about Christmas and horror movies. So, we're going to be talking about all about that. Plus, our, our thoughts and stuff about Black Christmas and how Black Christmas... Um, kind of like set the, uh, kind of, in a way, set the tone for a lot of horror movies as well, too. So that's going to be a very fun discussion. So join us on Christmas Eve when we drop that shit. So, so we guys are preparing yep. for Christmas, getting your Christmas Eve's gifts out, uh, uh, sipping on the eggnog, listening up to our Lights Out podcast, brother, because we're, we're talking everything about the, the Black Christmas. And yep. join us here on bad. Christmas Day, brother, because myself and Allison, we are, you can wake up. Open up your present. Hopefully you didn't get no coal. Hopefully you didn't kill Santa Claus when he entered your house in with a gun um, and your castle. Because after you're done with that, listen up to the Retro Bloods final review of the month of November. Or December. My bad. Holiday month. As me and Allison are going to talk about the 1980 to all a good night. Yep. Can't wait to do that. I've never seen that movie, so I'm really excited about talking about it. And we're finally out yeah, of the either. 89. Be a first for us. We're finally out of the 89s. Let's see what 1990 has to bring with us. Um, you know, last year we did a, a 1980s uh, Christmas movie, so we'll see what all. T- I heard I heard good stuff about this all all to good night, to all a good night. So I can't wait to see it, everybody. So join us there. That's the schedule. For December, Christmas horror movies. And like every week, I'll be posting extras on the Facebook. Yeah. All kind of Christmas extras. I had the uh, I had the Krampus walk that I did in 2005 on there. Um, I had a special podcast that we did about Krampus. And that, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like the, what, the 2015 Krampus movie. Uh, it was a special yeah. Faces of Fear review we did. It was very fun. Very, very awesome movie. Um, I'm going to be putting up an extra review about Black Christmas uh, remake from the Faces of Fear on there, which we'll probably do Black uh, Black Christmas remake maybe next year because that movie is fantastic, by the way, as well, too. And mm-hmm. um, later on, I'm going to try to do, if my schedule allows it, a little short review of Christmas Bloody Christmas that came out this year Yeah, on Shudder, everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was about to say, you can stream that on Shudder. Yes. So I watched a little bit already. I already like it already. But I got to finish the whole whole thing. And hopefully, you know, you know, me and Allison, you know, this ain't our only job. You know, me, me and him are busy around this time. So we're trying to squeeze oh, as yeah. much shit as we can in during yeah, these lots reviews of projects. and stuff. Yes. We're kind of, of yeah, we're kind of like, we're kind of like Thomas's uh, mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we book all we our have shit. a lot of there. shit to do. Yeah. We have a lot of shit to do. And we book it at the last minute. All right. <laughs> That's what we do, brother. Yes. <laughs> so, but uh, yes, everybody join us because we still have a, uh, we still have a ways to go for this holiday reviews. And I, I love Christmas shows. I love Christmas horror movies. So this yeah. has been a fantastic month so far. But Austin, do you have anything to take us out with? Uh, no, I was going to say that if you want to see something kind of crazy, you should watch this movie. I mean, it is it is good. It's uh, very much like Home Alone. It's that less uh, goofy. happy. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, like, uh, well, you know, Home Alone, you know, that's a great movie, by the way. I, lo- I actually like number yeah. two the best. That's my yeah. favorite Home Alone, but Home Alone always has like a it's like a it's like a comedy uh, tone to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's if you think about the actual like storyline, yeah, it is a little creepy. Like these two guys are trying to rob this house where this kid's in there, then they try to get revenge on the kid. You know what I mean? Take yeah. him out. 
But it's like, even though it has Joe, you know, what's his name? Joe Pateshi? Joe Pesci. Yeah. The fucking gangster guy imaginable yeah. and shit. But it's a very like lighthearted movie. This movie is like if you take that lighthearted shit out of there. Right. right. So. So, yeah. So, uh, but Allison, uh, what are we going to be listening to on our way flying back from France? What are we going to be listening to? Uh, let's listen. Let's play a little bit of, let's have a little bit of Mother Love Bone on the way out so, so people can hear them. Let's uh, let's play their epic uh, Chloe Dancer Crown of Thorns. Ooh, there we go, brother. Chloe Dancer uh, Crown of Thorns. Our boy Thomas probably loves that song. He's ready to rock and probably. roll. Fucking, <laughs> he's probably thinking like, okay, well, I fucking killed Santa now. Who's next? Maybe I'll go after that leprechaun motherfucker. He's looking at me funny. <laughs> I'll put some darts in his fucking neck and see if he comes back to life, brother. So Leprechaun versus Thomas. Ooh, make it happen, brother. All right, we'll check you out. We'll check you guys here for the lights out, and then we'll check you back here for our Christmas Day episode. Very exciting. So we'll see you guys later, and happy holidays. See you guys. See ya.